Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. So 399 of the Sausage Factory. Welcome. Yes, everyone, we're one away. One away from the magical 400. I never thought I'd see the day that this uh, this podcast would reach 400 episodes. But there it is. We're not quite there yet. Let's, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So what are we talking about in episode 399? Well... In this episode, I chat to Johannes Gabler about their event management simulator, Festival Tycoon. I've been to many festivals over the years. Never would have thought someone would make a video game about their creation and management and all sorts. The level of detail that Johannes has gone into creating or simulating the Herculean effort of creating and opening and running a safe and entertaining festival is quite extraordinary. It really is. And we talk about this in the show, about what bits he focused on and what bits he thought, this is not particularly interesting, or it's not really entertaining or indeed relevant. It's there, there's an underlying bits of it. There is an element of conceit throughout the whole experience, but... Really, what Johannes has tried to do and done very well is get to the nub as quickly as possible of all the complications of all the issues when you are trying to hold a music festival of some sort, of any genre, of any kind. It really talks about the needs of not only the the audience, which is also very, very important because no audience, not much of a festival, but also the needs of the talent. And they sometimes don't actually gel. <laughs> That's where things get really interesting. So, without further ado, let's listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to Johannes about Festival Tycoon. Chris, take it away. Johannes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and what do you do? Hi, my name is Johannes. I am a solo game developer from Vienna, Austria. And I make games, basically. Um, I play the drums in a band. I'm nice. a very musician guy, okay. a musically guy. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I actually play in two bands at the moment. Um, and yeah, I got into game development kind of by accident, I'd say. And okay. I started making a game called Festival Tycoon. And mm. that was my job for the last two years. Now it's done. So this is how you made your start. Making video games is actually, this is your first title on your own. Wow. It is my, yeah, it is my first uh, complete commercial title. I, I did some, obviously we all did some some small tests and, and hobby projects next to school and things like that. But yeah, that's my first ever proper game, I'd say. Okay. And um, what were those embryonic kind of 
projects do you work on? I'm just fascinated what kind of things you dabbled in before you started actually delving into what is quite an extraordinary game. Thanks. Um, so there were a couple of, of notable mentions, I'd say. There, there were tons of prototypes. I don't know. I, I did a lot of things, obviously. Um, but... There were in my. I made my first game when I was ten years old. I think it was last last year of elementary school. There was like a workshop for for making games with Game Maker Seven. I think at this time, and yeah, so I, I made my my first game, um, which was like just shooting two guys shooting against each other in a two D space, and I learned stuff like making making stuff like that, and. Yeah, there were a couple of notable mentions on my on my path to becoming a game developer. Like at one time, I made a game which our idea I made it with a friend together. I was coding, he was doing the art, and we wanted to make um, GTA, but you can enter every building, and it plays in two timelines. Like you have the twenty sixteen or whatever and nineteen twenty timeline where you can switch between those two to two story parts and yeah some 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 things like that which was obviously way too big in scope for two persons to make but we learned from it and then there was the other project um which was a it was a, a game for mobile phones for smartphones where you could create your own drug empire and we thought about making this um um Basically, this this combination of different applications where you had Risk It. This is the game where you make money by selling and producing drugs. <laughs> and then you have Wash It, which links into your data from Risk It. And you have to wash the money you made by yeah. building up a, I don't know, whatever, laundry or, yeah. or maybe restaurant empire, whatever. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Uh, we, we handled Scope there better. But it was still kind of problematic because Google didn't like it too much and <laughs> took it down like a month after releasing. Oh, <laughs> dear. Yeah, too, too, yeah, far too uh, close to reality. <laughs> <laughs> those, no. those are two notable, notable games. <laughs> but it's, it's good to know that, you know, yes, it's, it's, you know, Festival Tycoon is your first sort of, say, proper title, but you've worked on other yeah. things. And I think that's really important that listeners know that, that that's how you know, game development works. Yes, your first, this is the first game you've pushed out, but you probably made yeah. many, many more. And it's a common common thing mentioned in this show is that video game creation is very destructive. You go and make all this stuff and put all this effort into a thing, and then you realise that it's not really the game you're making. Never mind. You'll park that and use it for something else, maybe. Yeah, indeed, yeah It's just fine. It's a creative process in whatever medium. It's very destructive. Um, literature is famous for it. People, that's why editors exist. <laughs> because yeah. you know, the, the, the final book you get is nothing like yeah. it was original, original manuscript, and that's a very good thing. Uh, one one uh, thing when when making completely games from from scratch, basically, you always you know you need a prototype, and you know you will probably create two or three prototypes in the in the beginning, hmm. and then there is always this point where you think all right, I'm ready to make the proper game now. And now the project I'm starting now, I don't know, the Unity project or whatever, this is going to be the game. And two weeks later, you, you realize that it's just another prototype and you will <laughs> never get out of this prototyping phase because there will always some aspect to the game which you just need to prototype and you have to deal with the, the chaos in the project, basically. <laughs> there are yeah. great books written on this topic now there's actually great texts on how you achieve that and how you actually get to the finish line and yeah. embrace the concept of good enough uh yeah, which is true. just that's what you're talking about then again it's another topic that's raised and it's an awful phrase because it implies you're being lazy you're not doing enough it's not about that it's a relative term something is good great sufficient it's enough it's what's needed you know constantly polishing you're not valve <laughs> yeah <that's true. laughs> you can't you know um, so let's let's be reasonable here and even then those people don't get it right every time valve has had some failures recently yeah. many of the actually big big profile the normal ones that that, that hit out of the park haven't been they've been failing and there's a whole you know, philosophical reason why that's occurring but 
that's not why we're here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Third question, and this is a little bit dreaded amongst many guests because it's a bit open-ended, but I'm really fascinated to hear your response to this one. But your creator can't be denied. You've already admitted you're a musician, and that's massively creative as well. What are your biggest influences as a creator, do you think? Um, that's a good question. There, in, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it from a, from a game development perspective. I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I obviously looked at a couple of games when, when designing Festival Tycoon. And the, the most outstanding, um, the, the, the most impactful games probably were, were Parkitect for me. And uh, the, a lot of UI is, is inspired by the Transport Fever series. And also City Skylines is kind of a big inspiration for, for game aspects, um, mainly because those are games I like to play a lot. And then there is also the, the in, in Festival Tycoon, in this live part where you send your workers around, there is also a lot of inspiration coming from the Anno series, actually. Um, because the, the way you... I, I, I grew up basically with playing Anno 1503 and 1701, I think. Those are the numbers. I'm not sure. But sending your army around is basically where the inspiration comes from for, for making this, this mechanic in that way and this, this button where you can select your workers. At some point, I realized that it's not very intuitive and that it might not be the best way to deal with 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 this so i added other mechanics too due to player feedback mainly but the initial idea was to use that system basically so the inspiration for 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 what's what's in the game is coming mostly from games i like to play that's also due to the fact how this entire project started out just as a project where I felt like, all right, let's do something which I like to do. And let's, I, when, when starting out from, from scratch, I never had any, any, any like, like business idea or something like that. I, I just wanted to make a game, which I like to play and which featured um, um, things I like to see in a game. And, only later it became this project where I felt like, all right, this is going to be a commercial project. So the, the the very core design is very much based on just what I'd like, basically my dream game. <laughs> that's that's where it all comes from. Um, yeah. So sounds like to me like the emotional or engagement feedback you got from sense of taking control of something and then having a game that has an interface that, responds to you well and reacts to what you're doing and makes sure that it's relatable to the player. And it's because that's where they fall over, isn't it? We've all played those large sort of grand strategy games that don't have that disconnect. Yeah. And you thought, well, how did I know that was important? That's all falling over now. If I, if I was told how to do a thing, that wouldn't be falling over. We, I, you know, we've all been there with those kinds of games. Yeah. That's, that's my big struggle. When I played the earlier version of Stellaris, for example, and that's like, how, how did I know? I said, I didn't know. And then later on they fixed it all, but that was my big struggle with those that game. But no, that's a really... That's a really positive thing to to, to, to to glean from, to take from those who've already grafted and tried to figure this out. Like, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. We always do that. That's how, yeah, obviously. That's what happens. And there's no, there's no I mean, shame in that at all. That's, that's some, a little bit of a philosophy of mine, basically, is that you, you can, and this is true for, for making games, for making music, for making art and whatever. You very, very, but basically never create something which is completely 100% original. It's just not possible to do that because unconsciously you, you already have some things in mind which you want to, to, which have influence in what you're creating. And if you're making a piece of music, for example, you will always think of other music which inspires you. And then only then when you have a basic foundation or when you have a solid starting point then you can add your personal things then then you can add your very very personal take on it or whatever and 
so, so I, I see art and game design is arguably some some type of art I think you can you will always have this 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 mix of other things and what's making them unique is a little bit of your personal ideas and preferences but also the arrangement you use but you kind of have to borrow from somewhere else there, there will always be something which you think is amazing to put into a game or i don't know to to use a technique in music or i don't know colors mm -hmm. in art and what's yeah. what's being produced what the new thing you're making is actually not 100 original but it can't be by definition kind of i think <laughs> i'm not no. sure <laughs> no, that's, that's that's fair that's fair so Next question. And I'm going to double end this one because you told me something a little bit about yourself in the beginning, so I'm going to have fun with this. So here we go. What video game developer do you most admire in the industry and why? It can be a company or a person. It can be more than one, but who do you point to and say, well done, carry on, do what, carry on doing what you're doing, please? Hmm, that's a good question. Um... A couple come to mind actually because I mean there obviously there were a lot of games being made in the last few years which were insanely successful and made by very little very small teams or solo developers but yeah one thing what what what's during during producing this this festival tycoon I, I digged a little bit deeper into into making games obviously and one thing which i think is kind of impressive is the team behind city skylines that's something which i think is pretty impressive because at least to my knowledge um colossal order is actually not that big of a company and they managed to to create a game which is now seven years old or something like that, a little yeah, bit over seven yeah. years old, yeah. and it's still basically the city builder game out there. It is also due to the fact that the modding in this game is incredible. It obviously. is, yeah. yeah. But they managed to create something quite remarkable there, I think. And also Texaraptor, I think they're called from from Parkitect. I think right. they're two core paper and then the team is a little bit extended for music and things like that but the way how they copied but still made something original out of the roller coaster tycoon series is pretty impressive i think because all the all the math and all the all the data behind it is basically the same but it's all it's still still kind of unique and it, it's a it's a fresh take on something which is very well known but it doesn't feel like a ripoff i think this is my personal idea of it. it. It doesn't feel like ripping off something, but just taking the the idea and making something new out of it. Yeah, and they're pretty successful too, I think. Yeah. So yeah. those would be, but obviously quite influenced by what games I like to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, SimCity didn't really, they just stopped, didn't they? And this was like, well, someone yeah. had to fill that gap. Because yeah. EA lost interest, the people didn't who like playing those games didn't stop. So someone yeah. had to step in and go, "Fine, if you're not going to do it, we'll do it." And yeah, uh, absolutely. And, that's, and they took it into a wonderful direction, and that's something. So the the other question I thought there's an add on to is you you said you're a drummer. Any particular yes. favorite drummers you have? Um. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um. There's. There's Neil Peart, obviously. He's he's quite amazing from Rush. Okay. He passed away in yeah. twenty twenty, maybe mm. early twenty twenty, okay. I think. Yeah. Um. But then there is my 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 personal drumming inspiration, where um, he's 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 pretty much the when I'm when I'm playing, especially when I'm trying to get something new for a new song we have or something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. always thinking of Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. Right, um, because okay. his his quite simple style of drumming, I think, he's he's he's, he's very he's very clean and simple in a way, but also very powerful and very very when, when he does some some special fiddles or something like that, it's very it's very thought about and not it's not it's not very fast or technically extremely demanding, but it's very it's it's 
I don't know. I'm, I'm missing the words, but it's it's impactful in a way. I yeah. think from what you're saying, less is more. That's what the, kind of yeah, kind yeah, of like indeed. that. And it's it's there's way it's probably way more nuanced than that. But as you as a musician, yeah. you understand better than I. But um, yeah, I mean, we all have our favorite drummers. Well, I'll say all I do. Uh, as as a younger man, I used to really like Stuart Copeland from The Police. I thought he was really good. Technically, I thought he was quite strong. And then the chap from Smashing Pumpkins, whose name escapes me. I thought Jelly Belly was an amazing track, drumming-wise. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a bit... Yeah, but no, I just want to delve into that, because when you say, oh, you're a drummer, really? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's explore that a little bit. Can't ignore it. So, cool. So, the last question, then. For the first half, there you are. See, well, well done. You made it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a real sort of a straightforward question. But uh, what are you playing right now? Um, to be fair, I'm not anything else than I'm not playing anything else than what I usually play. But I'm not playing very much, to be honest. Okay, I'm. That's that's kind of controversial, maybe because people maybe think that I'm playing quite a lot but I don't play that many games because for me it's especially during summer times and and when when, when it's nice outside <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sitting in front of the PC a lot yeah yeah because of my, my my work and then I'm I'm using my free time more or less to do something else to do something with friends are going on in in winter it it gets back to, to the computer a little bit more, but then I'm usually just getting back, I don't know, to, to some cities or to some, I don't know, parks <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm building somewhere. Okay. That's um, perfectly fine. It doesn't have to be, yeah. oh, look, um, another I, person's playing Elden Ring. Yeah, okay. No. I don't know, the last game in, in this kind of not, not tycoonish, simulatish yeah, yeah. direction was probably Red Dead Redemption 2 I there played half fine. a year ago or something like that. Um, I, I enjoyed it quite a yeah, lot, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm also not the very story deep player because I don't like I like good movies or something like that. Hmm. But I'm not too much into reading a lot when when playing or things like that. It's just I don't know. I I I don't like that too much. I don't That's know fine. Exactly no, I, the medium um, is just as broad yeah. as music. You know, I'm happy to say, yeah. not every game is for everyone. It really isn't yeah, that way, absolutely. unless it's threes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just my little joke for the listeners. Yeah, you can take a drink now. I've mentioned threes, but um, it's just uh, no. Um, it's that's perfectly fine. It's, it doesn't have to be the latest and greatest. I'm just fascinated. But what's yeah? I mean, you've already answered this question. What feeds your mind outside your own work? And that's really what I'm getting. Just demonstrate you as a creator are not living in a bubble again. That doesn't work when you try to when you're, you know, when you want to be a really yeah, good, you true. have to look outside yourself and see that's what true. you know because otherwise, as you said, when you're, you're a musician, you said no, I'm, I'm inspired by this drum, I'm inspired by that drum, I'm looking to them to, for for assistance and guidance, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, so my entire my 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 music taste kind of broadened up insanely little bit off topic but i i i don't know previously i just listened to to rock and hard rock and progressive rock and things like that but i don't know a year ago something like that i i got into kraftwerk the 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 super duper old german techno yeah, yeah techno um, the, the, inventors yeah. maybe I yeah know. i mean they were using machines that had valves you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think they still do uh but yeah yeah, yeah it's quite and then my my entire my entire Basically, Spotify playlists broadened up to nearly everything except Jason Derulo, maybe. Because that's <laughs> yeah, really not my type of music. There's limits. There's li <laughs> I, I have to say that well, I do like using Discover Weekly on my Spotify thing. Like, okay, what do you think I should be listening to? Sometimes it nails it. Sometimes, like, why you? Why Def Leppard? No, no, <laughs> just no. I was, I was yeah. offended. Like, dear. Spotify, <laughs> don't do that again. I mean, you can tell Spotify never to do. I should tell them don't ever, ever do that again because I just can't stand his voice. It's just awful, and the whole, the whole composition of their work is just 
bad, in my humble opinion. Sorry, any Def Leppard <laughs> fans. I just don't think their music very good. Anyway, there you go. See, look, music gets it fired up, which is why we're here. See, that's because you know, because that's what <laughs> it gets so enthusiastic. You're willing to go and trudge across the country to a field and sleep in a tent. <laughs> Indeed, I, I actually do next next week. Um, what what's it? Today's the thirty first. Thirty first. Um, yeah. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, I'm, I'm at a festival, actually. The first one since for, for, for quite a long time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So, close um, to Vienna. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. A bit of, bit of field, uh, field research <laughs> as, well yes. as, as well as performing. <laughs> um, but uh, let's, let's move on to the second half of the show where we're going to yes. delve deep into Festival Tycoon. Johannes, in your own words, and I wish you the very best of luck with this. Before we delve into Festival Tycoon, I want to, to have a go to describe what you think Festival Tycoon actually is. Festival Tycoon is, and that's the pitch line I use since two years, a music festival management game with additional real-time strategy gameplay elements. Sounds very clean and and um yeah i don't know in reality it's like building a festival and then watching the chaos happen <laughs> and maybe you can kind of master the chaos and maybe you you're lucky and you build enough i don't know janitor um, um huts and, and and security tents and maybe you're not <laughs> um but you learn from it and hopefully in the next year you do it better <laughs> yeah yeah That's it's festival tycoon that's that is festival tycoon it is how do people create these vast festivals? And we were talking in the virtual green room before we started recording about my own personal experience with festivals, and they've all been ridiculously large, like Reading and Glastonbury being the ones that immediately spring to mind, and they are atypical. As you, uh, Johanna, as you said, yeah, Chris, you can't recreate Glastonbury in Festival <laughs> Tycoon. Yeah. It would be too large and it'd be impossible. But yeah. you can. what I've done to... To relate to that is to create a component of it, like one of the A tents, one of the other tents, and then say, okay, well, there's that section of Glastonbury. Use that because it's not the pyramid stage. That's ridiculous. And let's use that as, as a, as a, as a yeah. basis because it is split up into these pods in there because that's how they manage it. Uh, and Red, Reading's slightly smaller, and so it is smaller, but and Leeds because they happen at the same time, but they are still very, very large. And, uh, um, and and just my own oh, there's the main stage, and then there's the smaller tents and stuff like that. But it's it's just the wonderful sort of representation. And you're right. The best way I can describe Festival Two Tycoon is you. The best laid plans are always going to be uh, scuppered by reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. It's just like, so and any, yeah. Any, I mean, it's go on. It's kind of by design, yes, but yes, not entirely. I mean, no. yeah, it's 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 just, but yeah, this 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 learning from 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 how you did in the last season and and yes. taking this this knowledge into the next season is something I opted for pretty pretty early in the development, and 
I yeah, in the beginning, as I said before, it was just this hobby project where I just wanted to try something out. And so I went for this two parts approach where the game actually so in the first time in the first half of the game you have this building process thing but there's no actual feedback like you would imagine it from from any other tycoon games if you place down something there is no immediate feedback on what this building does for for what you're building which is something which is actually very very typical for a tycoon game and actually kind of important too yeah but I opted for not doing that because I felt like it just doesn't make sense to build a festival while the festival is running. This is just not how it works no. in real life. No. And it always bothered yeah, me I, when playing theme park back in the day, thousands of yeah. years ago. Thirty year old game now. And it's like, yeah, the park's running while you're building a roller sc- No. No. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> but I I think that that's kind of a risk I took because I mean it's. Uh, it wasn't guaranteed that people would like that because this immediate feedback is something which is very important, I think, for for tycoon games. And it's still the case that some people like it, some people don't like it. But that's kind of how it is in life. I don't know. That's not a problem, I think. But yeah, it was actually kind of a risky move to split this entire thing in two halves. And this idea that you have this company where you build a festival per season wasn't in the game originally. This was actually some sort of player feedback because players said, yeah, all right, now I built a festival and now everything is gone. And I'm just I'm just sitting here and I just spent two hours without any outcome. And so I introduced this company where you can build a festival each season and you basically learn from what you built. You you learn from your experience. I don't know, maybe you, you had too, 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 not enough entrances so you had too narrow passways between your your fences i don't know things like that and next season you're improving and hopefully you're making more money because it's a tycoon game after all and yeah things like that yeah it's it's i think it's really really well put together that aspect and it reminded me a lot of um my own personal experiences more with um video game sort of conferences and stuff like read pop now controls packs and EGX and other conferences throughout the world. And that that's a company. That's what it does. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's kind of. what it does. You know, it didn't always that way. There used to be like little individual little things, but then they just they 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 created as a company and then they merged and they started acquiring other festivals and then now they've become this quite large company. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, on the other hand, it's kinda gone when it's once it's done. And obviously, that's that's true to life, and that's yeah. it. That is how a festival works. Yeah. But it's sad on the other hand. But I don't yeah. know. It, There's some things you yeah. can manipulate and change while the festival's running, within the limits of what's practical. Yeah. Um, but it's mainly maintenance and stopping things from going on fire. Yeah. So <laughs> my my first <laughs> sure. design design question is. One thing that really struck me immediately about Festival Tycoon, and you really, it feels like you spent a lot of time on this, maybe over and above many other things because it makes sense. People think making a music festival is a bit of fun. You know, it's like, oh, it's just covering a bunch of musicians together. What, put a, put a few speakers up. What's, you know, make sure there's 11 on the amplifiers. What's, you know, what's, what's the worry about, you know? Um, a great deal, actually. A great deal. Um, one thing that really struck me, I was really impressed with and how you did, and it feels like the game is really, really patient with the player because you keep on having to remind me, not to the point where you're teaching me you know, I'm stupid because it's complex. It's the level of internet interconnectivity, the bits and pieces, all the components that have to work together. If they don't, with one bit, is faltering, it starts to collapse in bits that you wouldn't realise that are related to it. I just want to know, how have you found explaining this to the player to know that, oh yeah, festivals, they're fun. Yeah, (laughs) try running one. (laughs) Try creating one. It then ceases to be fun. So tell me, how have you found communicating that to the player without 
bludgeoning them over the head. What have you found? What kind of things have you done in Festival Tycoon to make sure that the player respects the connectivity between all the parts? Mm, it's it's kind of like a puzzle on the one hand, because if you I don't know if you place down a whatever merchandise shop, you will probably generate a lot of trash in that area or a, a beer booth. I don't know. Um, and this trash created requires you to kind of, uh, to, you should at least build a, a janitor hut or this, this waste management facility. And so those, those are kind of requiring each other. And what this isn't actually super duper done on purpose, but what I f- what I figured while making the game is on. Uh, firstly, you can basically run a festival with an entrance and a stage. That's it. You sell a couple of day tickets, and people will still kind of come if the if the lineup is okay-ish. But they will be super unhappy, and they will not like anything. Yeah. Um, and then you can provide this one beer booth, for example, which has side effects in some sort of way and those side effects have to be dealt with like creating trash and then you get janitors but janitors have side effects too so they generate this this pollution around around their their place and the scenery rating goes down a lot so it's it's super it's super dirty or around and around the place so you place down decoration and decoration is something which is 50 50 Sometimes it's super cheap, but some decoration is super expensive. And so you have those three thing, things which are kind of in line to each other and require them. And you don't have to do that, but I think it's like it's it's an it's very easy for players to understand. All right, this is one like kind of a little bit similar to to the supply chains in the Anno series, where you you have like I don't know shapes and then you have a, a, a clothes factory or whatever and in my case you have pollution and you have um, um, cleaning personnel whatever and then there are different things i don't know at some point beer booths will become empty so you have to refill them you have to restock them and for that you can build a warehouse but all of a sudden you suddenly don't have enough space on your map so you try to rearrange buildings and then you start to think a little bit more how to save space and things like that. And it's, I think what it comes down to a lot is that you can do a lot of things, but you don't actually have to. You, if, you, if, you, if you don't place down an ATM, you still can run your festival. It's not a problem basically in the end. But at some point, visitors will run out of money and if there's no ATM around, they will get to other visitors and they will steal money from them and the security tasks will start and you will have to send your, your securities around. And if you don't have any securities, yeah, then you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. And this yeah. is something you take from the game and you learn, hopefully, yeah. and you improve on in the next season. And then there's also this tutorial thing, especially for booking bands and sponsors where it's very text-heavy and very, very... Um, there are a lot of very specific details you have to know. I added this this tooltip guy helping you. Yeah. Um, and that originated 99% out of player feedback because the tutorial is arguably not the strongest point of the game because I felt it very hard to add. And some people really hate it. Some people like it. But it's it's very, very... They, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of negative reviews, for example, mentioned that the tutorial is just not enough. And yeah, I'm aware of that. There's just not, I, I tried to do my absolute best to, to increase the quality. And I think I did quite a good job for the final game build. But especially in the beginning, the tutorial was just not, not, right. not good enough. They're very, very hard to do. They're very, very hard to do. You're yeah. not alone. Um, Absolutely. So, but I actually quite liked it. I've got to say, it helped me. Because like I said, I, I had preconceived ideas about what a good festival is. And my first thought was toilets near the tents. That's the best thing. Wherever you're sleeping, you need the toilets near there. 
that's that's the thing because <laughs> yeah. and then and then after that is the stage the stage lighting and the stage and where where that yeah. was sat and then the proximity of the stage to the entrance and making sure that before people get to the stage they pass through lots of vendors and other things to and uh, just basically create an atmosphere before they yeah. even get to the stage mm. all that kind of thing that sort of like <laughs> You know, that's because that's what I remember. That's what I know about festivals is that yeah, it's, the, not, it's not just the music acts, it's also the atmosphere and being around like minded people and going and doing yeah, things. Yeah, but you know, what you're mentioning here is a very, very, very important point because in the, in the early play tests, I, I figured quite quickly that the game, usually those tycoon games, are targeting a younger audience too. It's, mm. it's, I mean, because they, very harmless air quotes um yeah there's there's not much so so parents are usually happy with their kids playing those games and those those style of games but yeah one thing i figured very very quickly is that festival tycoon is quite different there because a lot of people who are not in this festival world or have not been at a festival oh. and just don't know what to expect right. they had a very very hard time figuring out what they should do because the game doesn't really tell you <laughs> how yes. a festival works because i i yeah. never thought of that myself no, to be no, honest why I, would you? I was like, like well yeah, yeah it's just a veteran like myself like yeah. yourself like well no this is how this works how could you yeah, not absolutely. know and it's like well absolutely. what if you've never been to one what what do you mean never been oh god you just don't you yeah. can't relate to that it's never it's, thought like what do you mean you know i've lost count how many i've been to i'm happy to say they're great things. I mean, my fondest memories of going to them. Yeah. They're wonderful. They really are great. But you just think, well, surely everyone got... No, Chris. No. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a, a quite interesting finding. And so yeah. I, I had to adopt to that somehow. And I didn't want to... I didn't want to add something which explains what a festival is because I figured, all right, if you yeah, don't yeah. know... Yeah. The, the why you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... On the other hand, I wanted to keep it very open. For example, a lot of a lot of games have these tutorial modes where they require you to place the stage exactly there. So like, all right, place the stage at this position. Uh, and I didn't want that because I hate that in games. Yeah. And so I kept it as open as possible. Yeah. But that also meant that it's way harder to implement because there is no if check to see if the player placed it down no, or not. No, no, no. You have to be very open about about. The, 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 the technical aspect of it yeah which made it even harder to do a proper tutorial but it's it was very important for me to do that yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah you learn from it next project we'll start out with the tutorial <laughs> and not adding the tutorial once you're yeah, know, once, two once, months once, before once, release yeah <laughs> next question then there's a balance in festival tycoon it's a word I commonly use when I think about Festival Tycoon. And indeed, most city builders, there's always compromise. Always compromise. And there's a balance yeah. between meeting the band's needs or the acts or the talents the needs and the audience. And sometimes the, the two don't coalesce, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Because, yeah. you know, the band wants an RV. Like, well, yeah, but if I put the RV van in, I've got reduced my amount of tents or seating area and stuff like that. I'm actually impinging on the audience. Well, no, we're not going to go into it as an RV. We want, you know, or now we also want a, like a stage little green room, please. Thank you. What? Yeah, want that, please. Like, <laughs> oh, come on. So what have you found doing that, enjoying that kind of aspect of, of festival life, having to meet the needs of the talent and the audience at the same time? How have you found modeling that in Festival Tycoon? Um, the, the, the approach I took was quite different because the reason for the player to improve audience quality, audience satisfaction, happiness, is so long story short that there is more sales, that people are not starting fights, and that the the company reputation this is the the ultimate um, yeah esteem reputation of your company increases mm. so that motivation is behind making visitors happy which ultimately is what you want to do yes but making bands happy has kind of a different use case in some sort of way 
because if a band is happy, the reputation of the band increases as well. And if a band is super duper happy and you provide way more than they need and they are on a larger stage than they need and whatever, then their popularity increases, for example. So yeah, yeah. you can increase, the band, or if they play for in front of a huge audience too, you can increase the popularity of bands, for example. So if you have a lot of metal bands, I don't know, and you want to host huge metal festivals, but for a very low price, you can start building relationships to your bands. Same for sponsors. Works pretty much yeah, the same. Yeah. Like those partners. And so you have this this split between making bands happy. It does something s- similar, but also different to making the the visitors happy. And finding the balance on what what's more important is was kind of difficult in sort of way because mm. it's the bands do have quite a lot of requirements and needs and at some point i also split it up between these requirements and those needs and the reason why you can pay off needs is because the balancing is just you you can't do anything a band wants so you just pay them a little bit more and they don't have any need yeah um so you can get rid of them if you want to favor the visitor satisfaction, for example, that's right. kind of the reason why it exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right. It's like, oh, fine, we can't give you your M&Ms without brown ones in it, but how about yeah. the, <laughs> if you look that up, Van Halen in the 80s yeah. had a clause. Absolutely. It's well known about a rider in that you needed, they had to have a bowl full of M&Ms, but it had no brown ones in it. And the whole yeah. point of it was was they didn't actually want that. They just wanted to make sure that whoever read their contract actually did read their contract. Yeah. So absolutely, uh, yeah, it's very, very, very funny. Um, but um, uh, such is the joys of nineteen eighties um, uh, hair metal rock. Um, so, third question: Let's talk about location of stuff, like booths and you know tents for. Uh, Medical tents, security tents, yeah. um, you know the other sort of beer and um, what else, drinks and and food, all that stuff. The orientation of them and placement is really, really important, and it's taught to the player very early on. But it's never told like what their optimum position is. It's just like, well, that'll work, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's best for this space. What have you done in Festival Tycoon to make sure the player has the ability to experiment with this aspect of Festival Tycoon in that you it's your space, you're given a field, do what you like with it within reason. You're going to make a festival, here's the tools, here's the money, here's the everything you can possibly give you um, within limits of your own resources and your sponsorship deals, of course. What do you do to make sure the player does have some ability to experiment? Because that, to me, is the core of Tycoon games, that you can, you know, there's not one one right answer. There never is. That's the yeah. appeal of them. So what do you do in Festival Tycoon to make sure you exploit that aspect of the game? Mm, your placement of, of booth is quite forgiving. Right. I had in in the beginning. I there were a couple of iterations of of algorithms of how the AI decides which booth is the best to go to, and there was a time when they just didn't go anywhere outside of the radius. Right. There was a time when I don't know they they favored it in the radius highly compared to other ones, and what I ended up doing is that they they just the the, the radius isn't. It it's very evened out, basically. They take a lot of things in, in, into consideration where they go, and especially the how much people are at some booth is, is very high ranked. So they check quite early on if the booth is full and they just go to another one. doesn't matter how far away it is. And that's something which is probably... I don't know, a little bit of a downside, not very intuitive in the in the beginning, and it's not explained in the game. And you would think that the radius is very hard, a very hard radius. What I opted doing is that they just, they, they are unhappy if they're not within the radius, but they don't care to go anywhere else. 
And I think that's reasonable on a, on a festival in this context because just because the, the toilet radius is a little bit outside of where you're standing, you're not ignoring that there is a toilet, right? It's a festival. It's not, it's not I don't know, a world map of, of 20 kilometers across. It's, no. it's yeah. 200 meters. So it's quite forgiving. And that's something that's that's one of the aspects where I think I could have done way better in explaining how those ready work and and making really sure that they that there's enough player feedback so the player understands what they actually place down. That's something I would improve a lot on if I would do the game again. And and even maybe remove the radius at all, at least for the visitors, mm. and just have I don't know a garbage, a pollution, or whatever radius. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I added this radius because it's something I felt was common in other games. Yeah, and that's the origination. That's that's where it comes from. Mm. But I never. I think I did not a. a, a good enough job in translating this idea of a radius into the context of my game. That's something yeah. I would improve on next time. But now it's in there, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just found it really, because I, I, spent, I spent a lot of time before hitting go on my festival going, okay, I'm just going to move the toilet just a little bit. It wasn't because of the radius. It was like, yeah. if I just sort of squeeze that in there, and then I can squeeze this one more thing. Maybe no. I can put a tree there now. Look, there you go. That looks way better, <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing that. So, also, those ready for different buildings. They have different tasks to do, basically. So, for example, workers can only be sent within the worker radius, the, yeah. the radius of the building, where there is this is a hugely different mechanic from what a radius of a, of a drinks booth, for example, is yeah. telling you, and. That's something I'm, in hindsight, I'm not too happy about, to be honest. But, oh. yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> so, my last question to you. Here we go. I know. All good things. They do come to an end. Um, one of the things that I really love about building games, these, this is a building. Festival Tycoon is a building game. Is that, yes, there's a sort of like, reward for building's sake building for building's sake being creating you have a blank slate pretty much and you've yeah. got an entrance like they're gonna come in from there all right off you go and then when it you hit go and when it works really works and it takes a few tries everyone you're not going to get it first time you never you're not no festival is great first time trust me it doesn't they grow over time. Every festival that ever existed and exists started from humble beginnings, I can assure you. And they got it wrong, and that's fine. But when you reach that sweet spot and you're looking and marvelling at your creation, there's no fights, there's very little rubbish, people enjoying the shows, they're you know driving around in the dodgems and stuff, and they're just enjoying the spectacle and having just that moment of in Festival Tycoon of like, there's that, I've got it two or three minutes period you know just peace that you're not looking what have you done in festival to tycoon to make sure that that sense of balance is achieved eventually by the player what do you do to enhance that to encourage that kind of because that's the zen isn't it that's the goal of city yeah. build of, of builders of tycoon games is to reach a point where oh, there's no plates about to crash on the ground it's they are still wobbling, but nowhere near as bad yeah. as you know, just that moment. It can last fleetingly, but at least it happens, and that's that goal. What do you think you've done in Festival Tycoon to make sure that the player does eventually achieve that? Um, the very, very easy and straightforward answer is workers. You can build your worker booths, huts, and if you place them correctly and sufficiently, then you're basically good to go. The thing is that this, this what, you, what you're talking about here is from the very, very beginning, from my very first playtests I ever made, that's something which was, that, that's probably the hardest part of making this entire game, making sure that this last, the second part, this life part, isn't too much, 
but also not boring for the the big average of players yeah. because a lot of players are complaining that there's way too much to do a lot of players are complaining that there is nothing to do and obviously no uh, not, not no one it's not true but very little players are telling me that it's perfectly balanced because usually people screen if it's on the edge. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing, for example, that's, that's just a very a, a, a tiny example what I did, for example, is that if you place down a medical tent, for example, you have a higher chance of getting injuries on your festival. And I did that simply so that if you forget to place down the medical tent you don't end up with being bombed by yeah. by medical issues. Yeah. So that's something for example where I added a little bit of balancing and now if you if you're listening to this podcast you might never go down you you will never ever again place down a medical medical tent because you think yeah. Yeah, okay, I don't need <laughs> I to place down yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. injured. Yeah. And to some extent yeah that's true but I felt it makes sense and it helped me to balance this life part. Because if you are aware of the situation of having medical tasks, you place down a tent mm -hmm. and you are aware of the fact that there will be tasks to solve. So you are happy with or happier with, with dealing with it. Um, that's one small example on how I fixed it. Another one would, for example, be that if you forget to place down an ATM, the amount of cash the visitors are carrying is way, way higher than if you don't place an ATM. So that there is no flood in, in, in security tasks popping up out of a sudden on day one noon. Yeah. yeah. Um, things like that. But yeah, the balancing of this life part is something which is still work in progress, to be honest. There are still a couple of things where you can tweak parameters. And it will never be done. Yeah, that's how all things are, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, that's how I managed to handle that. For example, I had yeah. many, many more questions, Johannes. I wanted to talk about how you get the lineups and the, the bands, and making sure that certain bands are only starting at four p.m. because they won't start any <laughs> earlier, and all that kind of stuff. But I'll let the listeners explore that and find out for themselves because. That's a, a really crunchy and really interesting part of festival management. It's like making sure, again, that goes back to pleasing the bands and making sure that they are, you know, are they the headline act? Well, actually, no, they're not. There's another band. Well, if they're playing, we're not playing. That's it. We're not playing. Yeah, know, and that kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's all the prima donnas. Are, they, are, they exist in all genres. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, and it's great stuff. But I'll let the listener discover that for themselves. But... Um, so Festival Tycoon, which is developed by Johannes, as, as you heard, and it's published by Future Friends Games, which is great. Yes, yes. And uh, what platforms is it available on? It's available on PC mm -hmm. and on Windows only so far. Right. And it probably will stay like that. But okay. you can get it on Steam and on Epic. Yes, yes. Excellent stuff. And, uh, yeah, just to head over to either... The resellers and it's there it's a wonderful wonderful experience it just brings back lovely memories for me when i've um uh, i've attended um uh, festivals and stuff and it does really does a really good job of reflecting that experience and making sure the player can can experience Thanks. that for themselves and you know awesome. manage that and say what's the what, you know what, what was your favorite festival and I'm trying to recreate that and that's been fun for me trying to do that so um johannes it's been wonderful having you on the show yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. It was a great talk. It's yeah. nice talking about festivals and drummers. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about whatever next you're cooking up in between drum, drum sessions and jam sessions. But uh, until then, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website caneandrinse.com. <laughs>